When you partner with Axon, you immediately gain access to a full range of products and solutions designed to meet the complex needs of today's grower. We carry all major brands and sizes of tires and wheels. We specialize in large diameter wheels for large equipment. We have one of the largest OEM replacement wheel inventories in North America. Known for extreme flotation setups, duals, and triples, we have wheels for all makes and models of tractors, sprayers, combines, and grain carts. If we don't have the wheel in stock, we'll custom build, sandblast, and paint in-house. There isn't a more vast inventory in North America dedicated to helping dealers move more iron. With facilities on the West Coast and in the heart of the Midwest, leverage our 230,000 square feet of indoor inventory to solve any problem a grower may have. Move more iron with Axon. Hello and welcome to Moving Iron Podcast. This edition of the Moving Iron Podcast is brought to you by these great sponsors. Axon started out of a passion for keeping agriculture moving. Imagine having 100 years of tire and wheel knowledge in your back pocket the next time you sell a piece of ag equipment. To find more or become an Axon dealer, please visit axontire.com. Valley Transportation has been hauling ag and construction equipment across the country for the past 33 years. Call Parker at 800-657-4910 for all your trucking needs. At Valley Transportation, our goal is to help you reach yours. No matter how you buy your ag equipment, whether it's from a dealer, an auction, or a private party, Ag Direct can help you finance it. You can even apply online at agdirect.com. Learn more about your financing options at agdirect.com. TractorZoom has access to over $20 billion in heavy equipment sales data. TractorZoom's Iron Comps is the industry's trusted solution for transparent equipment values and auctionable pricing insights. This podcast is brought to you by Anvil AppWorks. The Dealer Connect CRMI app with integrated inventory management is an affordable Salesforce-based solution for your dealership. Create connected customer experience and transform how you work. Moving iron in the 21st century. Hardworking people working hard for you and me. Moving iron time and time again. Through the years you'll find us here. Moving iron. Hello and welcome to Moving Iron Podcast number 354. I've got a couple pretty cool guys here with me down from Blanchard Equipment. We've got Clay Hall. He is the corporate sales manager. And I've got Jonathan Gay. He is the uh, used equipment manager down there. So, guys, how you doing, man? Doing good. Doing pretty well, Casey. How about yourself? Good, good. So, Clay's been on here a couple times before. So he's 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 used to the abuse, so he knows what what he's got himself into. Jonathan, it's your first time on here, so I apologize in advance. So we'll uh, we'll keep this keep this as calm as possible. <laughs> right on, man. All right, guys. So uh, this you know our boots on the ground segment here. So we're just kind of getting a feel for what's going on in your neck of the woods. So first off, geographically, talk about where Blanchard Equipment's located at, and and uh, what your what your primary focus is. Okay. Yep, so we uh, have 16 locations, Casey. We are equally divided. Uh, eight of those are in Georgia, eight in South Carolina. Uh, from a row crop perspective, we're heavy into cotton and peanuts. Those are the two crops that, uh, you know, from an acreage perspective, weigh in the most. Uh, then we go to corn and soybeans. Um, then we've got a good many specialty crops, too, uh, whether that's uh, vegetables, fruit, and some other things as well. Okay, right on. So, um Clay, let's let's work with uh, kind of talk about what you're talking about seeing there. So, from a 
from a new side, I mean, obviously it's been gangbusters here for the last 24 to 18 months. I mean, things just been going well. Um, I, I guess as we're heading into this, this spring planning season, as you're talking to your customers, are you hearing anything, feeling anything different than what you've seen over the, maybe the past, you know, couple planning seasons here? Not so far, Casey. Um, yeah. You know, just just getting ready here to have some conversations with them about our sprayer EOP, and then of course mm-hmm. right after that, planter EOP as well. Yeah. Uh, so really, really thinking that'll give us a good you know good pulse as to as to what they're thinking as we move over to the next you know six months, nine months you know, for delivery of those. But you know, from a, a new large egg perspective, uh, the the demand seems to be about as much today as it was six months ago, twelve months yep. ago, so on. And I, I I totally agree with what you're saying. I really thought. I would see some some slowing of 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 buying habits and, and structures and those kind of things with interest rates, you know, jumping up there into that seven to seven and a half percent range. But I can't tell you that I I've noticed really anything that's really slowed things down. And it feels like there's as much stuff. Um, you know, it's, it still feels like when something comes in, you know, one piece immediately goes back out. So it's like a one to one ratio almost of, of of what we're seeing happen back and forth on that. Um, you know, Clay, let's talk about cotton here a little bit. You know, cotton is uh, – I'm glad you have cotton pickers and I don't because you understand them and I don't, so that makes a big difference. But I guess as you're looking at at the overall cotton, mo- cotton market right now, and I mean, ha- what's the demand for pickers and what's that look like on the new and new side? Yeah, so, Casey, we've been able to to meet most of our custom, customer demand in you know, the last couple of years under allocation. Um, so, you know, that, that really seems to be helping us on a, on a new perspective too, making sure that we've got the pipeline full. Uh, and then from Jonathan's side of the, you know, the equation too, with, with the use, as long as we're under allocation and demand's reasonably uh, high, that's, that's keeping the use side of the business pretty well too. Yeah. So Jonathan's talked about that use side for a minute. Are you still seeing strong demand on, on new stuff? And I mean, I know there's a lot of international business that goes around that, that cotton picker uh, side as far as the export goes. So are you still seeing a lot of that take place right now? Um, there's some of it. I mean, we've started to kind of see that slow up some. Um, I know I looked at some exports on some basket pickers mm-hmm. um, last week and, and kind of had a little bit of a tough time with that just to get a reasonable price. Um, those guys are backing up some. Um, we're kind of in a place that's used with with me um, and Blanchard. Basket pickers are, are really a tough subject to talk about. Um, some of those roll pickers are getting older, getting some hours, and getting getting cheaper. Um, and we've seen again, like Clay said, with allocation, um, it helps us manage um, yes. extremely good. Um, but that still, I mean, it changes your numbers a lot when you bring in a used cotton picker that's nine hundred thousand. I mean, it, it moves the needle real fast yeah, um, yeah, up and down. And so, mm-hmm. you know, really got to keep our finger on that. But, I mean, it's strong. We, we've – last year, I think we had like one carryover picker, you know, that was good. We needed it just for a backup. Um, and, and this year, uh, we jumped just off the gun quick and sold a lot of our one-year-old machines. And so, we're good. There is a little bit of uncertainty there, but – I mean, with us, that market's always going to be there, and it might back up a little bit, but it, it stays fairly steady most of the time. Yeah, and I know the price of cotton's come down quite a bit from the high at one fifty. You're down to whatever in the eighties somewhere now, but it's still a good price. You know, you're still seeing some good prices out there that kind of keep things moving. So, when you're looking at um, your international stuff, and that was you brought up a good point that I was going to talk about. 
you start looking at the technology changes and when you look from from the uh uh the, the bell pickers i guess and and moving over to these um uh more basket pickers and stuff like that that transition between the basket bag over to the to the like the cp 790s and 690s and those kind of things when you're looking at those um how much has that changed what you guys do from um the amount of equipment that you need now to to harvest cotton when you're looking at the number of tractors you need and those kind of things have have you seen has it changed the portfolio of your customers and and what they're doing on on the on the farm yeah so i think if you look back and it's i mean it's really kind of staggering when you look back and think about what it took uh, with a basket picker you know a bowl buggy a module builder couple of people to go along with that and tractors to match up each one of those machines and then yep. of course some other picker as well. And and now today how that that's just not necessary anymore. And you know that's that's pretty pretty amazing that we're able to sell a product to a customer like that that brings that much more efficiency to the to their farming operation. So no no doubt it makes a difference on on the support equipment that they need. Yeah. So when you're when you're looking at that now, how's that changed? I mean what Cause I remember when I first started this business, getting, getting, you know, 235, 245, 270 horsepower, 290 horsepower tractors out of the South was a pretty common practice. And, you know, they were good for coming back um, West here to get into feedlot operations, those kind of things. Cause they typically had, you know, straight front ends and, and they were a little bit of a lower spec machine and those kind of things. And they were a great replacement for some of that stuff. As you're looking at your portfolio now, Clay, how's that? How's that changed how you do business? I mean, what what are you doing different now than you were doing back then? Well, I would say that we we don't have the opportunity to move as many because a lot of a lot of those customers on the support equipment they were using you know a tractor that had a little more age to it and certainly yeah. more hours on it. Sure. Um, so maybe that's that's an opportunity there for us to sell some aged higher hour tractors in the past where we don't have the outlet for that locally as much anymore because the demand's just not there because the support equipment's not there. Yeah. 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 And then, you know, Jonathan, you're looking on the use side of the stuff where, where do you find um, that, that row crop tractor now falling in, into your, into your use portfolio? Yeah. So you're talking about like what you were talking about, you know, taking out West, like a straight axle, older tractor. Sure. Yeah. So, I mean, I I look at them a, a couple of different ways. We still have a lot of guys that, you know, some smaller guys that are running that stuff that we can bring in. Um, I really kind of look at those hard on a recon perspective, where we're going to put it in. And again, it's a gamble when you're taking some of those higher hour tractors in um, at this point. So I'm kind of, we do retail some of that stuff. Some of it, I move it out, um, you know, through through an auction company, kind of put it out there and get some offers on it. Um, but at that point, I mean, if it's, you know, five, 6,000 hours, we're we're a lot of times trying to move that on down the road. Yeah, yeah. Is that is that where you kind of feel like your life cycle for tractors are at? Because I think it it's starting to vary widely. Where you start seeing where you know it used to be a seven thousand eight thousand hour tractor was a pretty commonplace machine across the entire United States, and now you're starting to see pockets where five thousand hours is is too many hours, and in some pockets, you know, five thousand hours is just getting warmed up. So I mean, I guess in your area. Where do you find that sweet spot for tractors right now? Yes, I mean, really, that five to six thousand hours um, is where I start. I guess shopping it um, yeah. to see what's out there, and and I'm certainly not gonna 
you know, cut ties and run and give the customer a low price. I mean, if something makes sense, we'll do it. And, uh, and we have taken those. I mean, we've, we've sold a, a couple tractors this year that's, that's been seven, eight thousand hours, just good machines, well taken care of. Um, you know, and, and it will, will, uh, trade for those and retail them, but it's just kind of on a case by case basis. I really, if somebody sends me one of those with an evaluation, I'm, I'm more than likely getting a few opinions on it to see yeah. if somebody, if they can get remotely close, I let it ride. Yep. And then on the, uh, on the cotton side, when you're looking at those, like where, again, I don't know a whole lot about what's a lot of hours on a cotton picker or not. I mean, I'm, I'm I know enough about the market to be dangerous and, and probably lose a bunch of money if I ever got one going <laughs> came my way. But if you're looking at you're looking at those things, is there a sweet spot there where you find, hey, you know what, this hour range for us is is really um, exciting to the export market, or you know, this hour range right here is is a sweet spot for that second or third i mean where, where how do you find that that sweet spot on the cotton picker side of it yeah, so for us i mean it's kind of been um you know those those later model machines of course um i would think similar to like combines they're kind of fairly hot you know they'll go but it's really been pretty diverse um with what you know what you could export and then too like i said with a lot of those basket pickers kind of phasing out some of these roller pickers hire our older machines that you would consider maybe something that would go. A lot of our smaller farmers are picking those up, you know? So we've been able to, to really stay. I mean, I don't think that I have sent a cotton picker of any sort um, away for having too many hours or, or shot it out. You know, it's really not a good piece to shop out. There's, it's hard to transport, you know, it's hard to ship very far. I mean, it's, it's kind of a little tough and we might be a little bit more conservative on our pricing, but we've been able to kind of, to kind of find a home for, for most anything. Again, it's just got to be priced right. Sure. Sure. So Clay, let's jump over here, going in right to the heart of plant season here. And you're looking at various uh, planters that are out there. How have um, upgrade kits and those kind of things, how's that made its way into your market? And are you seeing more people looking at those, at those uh, facets of, of technology now? Yeah, Casey. So we we sold our first uh, pucks last year uh, under the EOP, and you know those came in and, and got those set up and, and delivered here just a few weeks ago. So really, really looking forward to seeing what kind of you know output we can get from those and, and see what kind of value that adds to the customer uh, in in the planting season for this year. But really, you know, just thinking through um, again allocation and availability of, of what we think we probably will be able to receive. Under the 2024 allocation, um, we think that the puck kits could easily be, you know, a really good option for customers who um, want to want to do some upgrades to their to their current uh, farming operation. But either number one, don't want to spend the money for a brand new machine, or number yeah. two, that is just simply not available uh, machine for them to have brand new. So uh, we, we really feel like that this year it's about to come up as far as we want to be good traction on the pucks. Yeah. Yeah. I'm kind of excited to watch, see what happens this year with those. Cause every year it's kind of got a little more traction than the previous year. And this is the first time, whether any manufacturer, wherever you're at, but you don't have to be the, uh, you don't, you don't have to trade in your machine now to get the latest and greatest stuff when it comes to planters. You know, you can, you can add what you need to it to, to get there. So I'm, I'm pretty excited to see what that looks like and how that plays out this year. Sprayer side of the business, you know, I, I'm watching that pretty close too, just because it's just that time of the year and, and looking what's out there. There's 
I don't think there's like 1800 planters or something like that, or planter sprayers listed out there on the marketplace right now. And th- that shows there's a huge void in, in the, in the amount of used sprayers that are out there. You know, Jonathan, as you're looking at your, you know, your used sprayer inventory, what, what's that look like? And, and what's the, I guess, what's the fill clay you can jump in here too. What's the fill your customer base and sales guys out there when you start talking about new uh, sprayers. So with us on sprayers, um, we have pretty good inventory, um, but with saying that, a lot of our customers run 4023s, um, you know, the smaller frame sprayer, which is is pretty much the southeast. So when I say we have, you know, good sprayer inventory, we have a lot of those. Um, and, and we still don't really, uh, we have a couple 408s in stock, but that's about the biggest sprayer. We'll, we'll have a couple of bigger ones running, but really what's, what's out there on the market, I looked uh, maybe today or yesterday, and there was a good many like... Uh, 4038s and some of your bigger bigger frame sprayers um and we're really i could i mean we're pretty good as far as inventory goes used of, of being able to kind of fulfill what we've got um with our guys around here we, we've been able to actually transfer a couple of ours um to some other dealers here lately play what's your what's your appetite right now on the new side you got a lot of a lot of folks out there kicking tires and thinking about getting some new sprayers we do. So we've been fortunate for this in the last couple of years to be able to cover most of all of our customers. We tell us about And kind of circling back to, to the upgrade kit conversation, I can see where that may likely be the same scenario with sprayers this coming year as well. Um, that, that we may not be able to cover everything that we have need for retail-wise, and that we may have some customers who, you know, whose first choice might be to buy a brand new sprayer, but, but not quite enough availability to do that. Um, and I can see them looking in the direction of upgrade kits. And I know you and I, a few weeks ago, were having a, just a quick conversation, and, and upgrade kits came up. And, and I, I think we both agreed that no matter what we think the upgrade kit impact is going to be today, if we... Five years from now, we'll look back and it's exponentially more than that, whatever we may think it yeah. is today. Yeah. Yeah. That's one thing I'm, I'm anxiously waiting to see what happens because, um, especially when we start looking at, at autonomous tractors and, and autonomous combines and cotton pickers and sprayers and everything else that are, that are coming down the line. I, I think when you take away the, the need for the, the massaging seat and the heated floor mats and, and all those kind of things. And you're just back to the, to the basics of just, you know, four wheels and, you know, an engine and transmission type of thing that I, I see it looking at my, my crystal ball is telling me that the power unit is going to have a lot more um, lifespan than, than the technology that it's either integrated with or pulling or whatever it is doing. I think that's going to be a big deal. And I think upgrade kits play a big part of that because you know, you, I think all the manufacturers have, have, are looking around and saying, "How many nine hundred thousand dollars somethings can we sell?" And it's not—it's a pretty short list, you know. So and it's going to continue to get to get shorter as as the uh, number of farmers retire and those kind of things in there. Which I guess that brings up another point I was going to talk about anyway. From from your perspective, you know, as you guys look around, what's your market look like as far as um, you know retirement sales and those kind of things? Are you seeing a lot of consolidation in your area? Also, are you seeing a lot of retirements, those kind of things? I guess, what, what's that look like in, in your area? 
yeah, so I'll I'll speak to it just I guess on the retirement side, and then Jonathan Jonathan can go at it from the uh, any kind of sales or options that he's aware of. But um, I mean, we definitely have a, an aging farmer population in our area. There's no doubt about that, and um, you know we've still got a, a decent amount of people who are in the thousand to two thousand acre range that you know as they continue to to age and and get ready to retire, you know they're they're selling that um, you know that equipment to their neighbor. Or they're you know leasing that property to their neighbor and, and and going at it from that approach. So we we see that continually year after year, and, and we're seeing the, the folks that are of scale already continue to to add some additional acreage and, and grow their operation for sure. Yeah. Johnson, you seeing anything on your end where where you're seeing a big spike in retirement sales or anything like that? Yeah, I think so. I mean, the past 24 months, I mean, it seems every weekend there's a big one. And yeah. uh, and all of our customers are gone. And uh, luckily, the market has it's really not affected. If anything, has has driven the market up some. Yeah. I mean, most of those auctions. Um, I mean, I've looked, I, I watch them a pretty good bit, and it's they're strong. I mean, everything's bringing good money, um, which is good. But that is a, you know another source that we're kind of battling with. But there's some guys that's got some good equipment that that. I mean, they kind of see the writing on the wall, and, and they're jumping right now. While the market's as good as it is, um, they decide it's time, you know, to go, and and they've they've profited off of it for sure. But um, but it's definitely something to kind of battle with. Yeah, yeah, I've been watching that too, and and you know, for the longest time, when when inventory was short, you watch some of these retirement sales and estate sales and those kind of things go, and and you watch tractor sell for ten or fifteen thousand dollars more than you have them listed for on your lot. Not 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 the not the actual sales numbers as your history goes. So you're, you're watching some of the stuff go and you're kind of sitting back wondering like, how long is this going to last? And I think we're kind of there. I mean, I think as I look out, I guess this, this is another point I'll talk to you guys about is I'm looking out the end of 23 going into 24. Um, it's starting to feel like some of that, there's the supply is starting to kind of come back a little bit more than what we've seen in the past. Um, it's easily starting to kind of ease into it where you're starting to see a few more things pop up here and there. And and there's not, you know, 14 people waiting to, to buy it. There's, you know, just kind of slowly kind of building that back up. As I look into 24, I kind of see it. I don't, I'm a market correction. It's not the right word, but it's just, you know, the craziness of pricing is just going to calm down and, and we're going to start seeing some things move forward. What are your, what are your guys' thoughts there? You know, I guess Jonathan, will start with you. What do you, what's your thoughts on, um, Kind of what you see with pricing and and how do you how you seen the market react to things in your area? Yeah, so I mean, pretty much like you said. I mean, we've kind of been ready for it to to start, kind of yeah. showing that it was going to come down, and uh, and I think we're there. I mean, we our you know eight R tractors are still, I mean, just as strong as they've ever been. Um, but it is starting to slow up. You know, we track a lot of times um, on looking. You know, the stuff I've traded in in the past year, how quick we're selling that. And that gap's getting a little bit farther, you know, there for a little while we were 30 days and we were getting stuff in and turning it right back out. It's just quick. And, and it is slowly just getting a little bit farther and farther. Um, in which I still think it'd be fairly good, but it's, it's time to kind of put your heels down and, and get ready. So yeah. it, it could get, get pretty tough here shortly. Yeah. I had a conversation with a guy the other day and he was like, man, like these tractors are starting to kind of pile up a little bit. I was like, really? He goes, you have tractors? He's like, yeah. 
I've had about four tractors for about three weeks now. And I don't know. Like, <laughs> Come on, man. It's only been three weeks. Give give us some time. He's like, well, I mean, usually just, just flying off the shelf here. But yeah, so yeah, it's, it's funny how that's reacting. Clay, you seen something similar in your area? You've seen similar reactions to that? Yeah, Casey, I would agree to that too. And, and especially as we look out, you know, six, nine, 12 months, um, I think there's, there's certainly a, a good chance that the scarcity premium on, on the new and then sliding over to the used as well is probably going to back up just a little bit. Yeah, um, and and have a little bit of normalization in the pricing piece of it too. You know whether that's you know price increases coming back to something that's fairly fairly reasonable year over year, um, and when we see that on the new, of course, we begin to see that on, on the use as well. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. All right, last last thing here, fellas, and I'll let you guys get back to it. When you're looking at the, uh, um, I guess if, when you're looking at all your your used equipment portfolio, Jonathan, as you're looking at everything's there. What are you, I guess, what are you paying closest attention to and what do you have the most optimism about? So uh, for us right now, it's peanut equipment and mainly that dollar figure at much. It's just that time of the year. We've really got to stay on top of that and sprayers, you know, like, like you had talked about earlier um, with some of these EOPs coming, you know, we're making orders on new and uh, those used are going to be coming down the road, you know, so, so definitely keeping, you know, between sprayers, planters, um, and and really that peanut equipment, making sure we can get that moved on, and uh, and, and I guess probably what I'm most optimistic about is just it's just a good continued row crop market. You know, I hope that that stays um, strong for us, and, that, and it has been. Um, and I, I think a lot of optimism is is I think we're in a really good spot to if we need to sit and hold, we can. Yeah. Um, we've got good inventory, and uh, and if if there's some cases to where we can buy, I think we're ready to buy too. So I mean, I'm pretty optimistic about that. Um, that we're sitting in a in a good spot inventory wise. That that if it does get get kind of hairy the next few months, that we can kind of sit and hold a little bit. Absolutely, Clay. What are you saying, man? So just on the on the optimistic side is the technology piece yeah. of it. I mean, when I think about the technology now that's that's available on planters and sprayers, and you know, and then autonomy right around the corner. It, it's just I think the sky's the limit on what dealers are going to be able to offer to their customers and, you know, and increase, increase the value of the equipment, uh, not, not only from a dollar perspective, but, but just the overall return on their investment on their farm. Um, I think that's going to be huge. And I, I really think that we're just scratching the surface as to, as to where that's going to go in the future. Um, and then back to Jonathan's point, you know, if anything that we're just watching, maybe have some slight concerns over is, is just the, the overall market, the demand yeah. of the market. Um, you know, but again, if 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 the if the new side of the business uh, remains strong, um, then there's no doubt that we'll continue to see a, a good steady pace on the new side of the business too. So I don't think there's anything to sound the alarm over, but definitely just want to sure keep our finger on the pulse for that as well. Right on. Okay. Well, guys, I appreciate you being on the podcast. Jonathan, folks want to give you a call and, and reach out to you and see what you have going on. What's the best way to get a hold of you? Yes. So uh, you can call my direct phone number. And uh, do do you have that, or you want me to give yeah, that to you? Just go go ahead and give it out, man. So it's seven zero six eight three three five four six six. And anytime you call me, that's it stays on. If uh, if you call me, don't get me leave me a message. I'm probably on the phone with somebody. So that's yeah. the best way to get to me. Right on, man. Clay, what's the best way to get a hold of you, man? Yeah, same way, Casey. Just reach out to me on my cell. Call text. It's four seven eight four nine four five seven four three. 
Right on. Is Blanchard's is it BlanchardEquipment.com? Is that your guys' website? That is correct. I don't know. All right, so check that out, guys. Well, I appreciate you being on the podcast. I hope to see you guys this fall. I know you guys are going to be down in Nashville, so looking forward to see you guys again. And and uh, we'll look uh, look forward to seeing you guys down there. And hopefully it'll be uh, nice weather and not too terrible bad and hot and everything else. So we'll see you guys down there. Okay, sounds good. Thanks, Casey. I'm Casey Seymour with Moving Iron Podcast. Check me out on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Moving Iron LLC, LinkedIn at Moving Iron Podcast, and go over to the YouTube channel to see the video version of this at the Moving Iron Podcast YouTube channel. Go to Moving Iron LLC for everything Moving Iron related. You get all the information for the Moving Iron Summit coming up here in Nashville, Tennessee, September 11th through the 13th. So with that, I'm Casey Seymour with Clay Hall and Jonathan Gay. It's going to be smart, folks. Out. Axon started out of a passion for keeping agriculture moving. Imagine having 100 years of tire and wheel knowledge in your back pocket the next time you sell a piece of ag equipment. To find more or become an Axon dealer, please visit axontire.com. Valley Transportation has been hauling ag and construction equipment across the country for the past 33 years. Call Parker at 800-657-4910 for all your trucking needs. At Valley Transportation, our goal is to help you reach yours. No matter how you buy your ag equipment, whether it's from a dealer, an auction, or a private party, AgDirect can help you finance it. You can even apply online to agdirect.com. Learn more about your financing options at agdirect.com. TractorZoom has access to over $20 billion in heavy equipment sales data. TractorZoom's Iron Comps is the industry's trusted solution for transparent equipment values and auctionable pricing insights. This podcast is brought to you by Anvil AppWorks. The Dealer Connect CRMI app with integrated inventory management is an affordable Salesforce-based solution for your dealership. Create connected customer experience and transform how you work. Moving higher in the 21st century.